anything and everything. Do you ever wonder how to? Do you ever wonder why? About anything and everything. Then Doris is your guy. Anything and everything will open your mind. Anything and everything with Doris. Anything and everything with Doris is online. Remember. Remember. Anything and everything with Doris. Hello, everyone, and welcome. You are listening to the Anything and Everything with Doris podcast, and I am your host, Doris. This episode is brought to you by WYSK Spark Radio, where they play uplifting music to get you through the day. You can find it on Live 365 Spark Radio. Hello, and welcome back, everyone. I hope you're having a blessed day. Y'all are really enjoying these subjects that have to do with conspiracy theories or agendas or new age. So I'm going to keep them going. Here's another good one you might like. The Georgia Guidestones. I've heard about it off and on, but I found it to be a bit interesting with everything that's going on. And it sort of fits right along with the Bluebeam Project. That's what we're going to talk about today. In the age of what they are calling the Great Reset, we should take a look at another globalist project, the Georgia Guidestones, a set of commandments whose hour appears to have arrived. These Guidestones are a large granite monument that stands on a high hill in Elbert County, Georgia. Engraved in eight different languages on the four giant stones that support the common capstone, and they are ten guides or commandments in eight different languages English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. Now, the message of these Georgia Guidestones that many people are calling the New Age Ten Commandments, here's what they are. Number one, maintain humanity under 500 billion in perpetual balance with nature. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, Unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally Resolving external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number ten, Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Now, a shorter message is inscribed at the top of the structure in four ancient language scripts. 
Babylonian cuneiform, classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphs. And it says, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. And the guidestones are located in close proximity to what the Cherokee Indians call the center of the world. Now, this monument is commonly known as the Georgia Guidestones or American Stonehenge. Like the ancient Stonehenge of England, the Guidestones serve as the celestial clock recording the passage of time through special features. The monument has been described as a highly engineered structure that flawlessly tracks the sun. Now, built to survive the apocalypse, the Georgia Guidestones are not merely instructions for the future. The massive granite slab also functions as a clock, calendar, and compass. The monument sits at the highest point in Elbert County and is oriented to track the sun's east-west migration year-round. The significance of the Georgia Guidestones confirms the fact that there was a covert group intent on number one, dramatically reducing the population of the world, number two, promoting environmentalism, number three, establishing a world government, and number four, promoting a new spirituality. And similarly, the engraved messages can be subdivided into four major areas, governess and the establishment of a world government, population and reproduction control, the environment and humankind's relationship to nature, and spirituality. Does any of this sound familiar of what's going on today? Now let's look at the background. Let's go back to the summer of 1979. A man calling himself R.C. Christian came to Elberton in search of both a granite firm to execute his design for a monument and a suitable site for the construction of it. He claimed to represent a small group of loyal Americans who had been planning the installation of an unusually large complex stone monument. The man admitted that Christian was a pseudonym, and while he was obliged to reveal his identity or an identity to the local bank manager, this was under a condition of absolute confidentiality. And to this day, Christian's real name and the true identity of this organization, described by him as a small group of loyal Americans, are unknown. The Guidestones were unveiled March 22, 1980. The ownership of the land and the monument was soon transferred to Elbert County, which still holds it today. Now, let's dig a little deeper, shall we? Could these guidestones be connected to a Club of Rome slash United Nations project? The Club of Rome, founded in 1968, is one of the number of organizations founded 
or funded by David Rockefeller to further the cause of global government, including the United Nations. Anyone who doubts that the United Nations is a globalist project need only look at the funding of its constituent organizations, UN Women. Members of the Club of Rome have included some of the wealthiest and most powerful people in the world. For example, we have CNN founder Ted Turner, George Soros, Henry Kissinger, Bill Gates, Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands, and Prince Philip, and the list continues. There is no direct evidence to show who commissioned the Georgia Guidestones. The circumstantial evidence that the Guidestones are a Club of Rome United Nations project is, however, quite overwhelming. The Guidestone project was extremely carefully planned and money was no object. And the goal was set out in the Guidestones closely aligned with the goals and projects of the Club of Rome, now more often referred to as the globalist or the global elite. The goals of the Club of Rome are, or were at the time of the Guidestone's erection, world government that was facilitated by the elite, depopulation, environmentalism at the expense of humanity, and world religion. Now let's take a look at Maurice Strong. He's a protege and close associate of David Rockefeller for over 50 years. Several times under, and several times under Secretary of the United Nations and mooted to be Secretary General at one time. Maurice Strong provides an essential link to the Guidestones in that he has been a major force in promoting at UN-level policies relating to New Age religion, environmentalism, and global government. Let's look at the timing of the Georgia Guidestones. They were requisitioned just a couple of years after Maurice Strong established a New Age Religious Center in Colorado. And the concept of 10 moral precepts associated with the Old Testament is echoed elsewhere by the Club of Rome members. Ted Turner drew up what he termed 10 voluntary initiatives, which included population control, though it was expressed fairly moderately and resolutions to care for the environment in various ways, but also for humanity. There are two references to supporting the United Nations, almost as though the UN is a substitute for the jealous God of the Old Testament. The sponsors of the Earth Charter, Maurice Strong and Mikhail Gorbachev, have both referred to the Earth Charter as a new Ten Commandments to guide the New Age global spirituality. So just think, this is how far back this agenda that we're actually seeing has been being planned and worked upon 
We just didn't notice it until it's like right up in our face. And Sri Chinmoy, former Hindu chaplain of the UN, said that the United Nations is not a thing to appreciate, admire, or adore. Rather, it is the way, the way of oneness that leads us to the supreme oneness. It is like a river flowing toward the source, the ultimate source. The United Nations is the way that wants to lead the world to the destined goal where light and delight reign supreme. And Alan Morrison, he was quoted as saying, The United Nations has long been one of the foremost world harbingers for the new spirituality and the gathering new world order based on ancient occult and Freemasonic principles. And then let's take a look at Walter J. Vaith. He said, The crux of the United Nations new world order is global control in part through a new world religion. The halls of the United Nations have long been a haven for New Age One World Religion spirituality. From its earliest years, the UN has accorded status to the Lucis Trust, formerly the Lucifer Trust. Sound familiar? And was started by the Theosophist Alice Bailey, and one of several NGOs of an occultist nature accredited to the UN. The Lucis Trust is, however, as much a political organization as an occult religious one and aggressively promoting a globalist ideology. Here's what Alice Bailey said. Within the United Nations is the germ and seed of a great international and meditating reflective group, a group of thinking and informed men and women in whose hands lies the destiny of humanity. Former UN Secretary Generals like Dag Hammarskjöld, founder of the UN Meditation Room, Thant, and former Assistant Secretary General Robert Mueller were outspoken advocates of a new pantheistic global spirituality, using the UN as a vehicle to spread their doctrine. Robert Mueller referred to the United Nations as the body of Christ. The spiritual center of the United Nations is the Cathedral of St. John the Divine, the largest Anglican church in the world. The cathedral and the associated meditation room are managed by the Temple of Understanding, founded in 1960, and UN accredited. Both the cathedral and the meditation room are characterized by New Age symbolism. Now, St. John the Divine is the headquarters of the Temple of Understanding, an interfaith effort to steer away from people from traditional religions to a hybrid kind of spirituality based on New Age philosophies, neo-paganism, and a mix of organized religions, traditions, and so forth. The temple has received full UN accreditation and has been a key actor in the spiritual department of the UN.
Is there a connection between Maurice Strong and the Creestone Bacchus Center? Maurice Strong and his buddies are the driving force behind a new age pagan religion known as Gaia. In 1977, Maurice and his wife Han purchased a large tract of land in the Creestone area and created a spiritual center there, giving land to religious groups to establish a presence. Visitors to the center, known as Baca Grand, are said to have included such extremely high-powered personages such as Lawrence Rockefeller, David Rockefeller, Robert McNamara, who was then president of the World Bank, Edmund de Rothschild, British Prime Minister James Callaghan, journalist Bill Moyers, and Henry Kissinger. Maurice Strong and his buddies are the driving force behind a New Age pagan religion known as Gaia, and it is pure nature worship. The Strongs own a 63,000-acre ranch in Colorado known as Baca Grande. Baca Grande, Strong believes, is the Vatican City of the New World Order. And you can check that out in a book written by Eric T. Kallstrom, where it says, Is Creestone, Baca, Colorado, the Vatican City of the New World Order, an expose of the New World Religion? Hans Strong was also involved in an organization of spiritual earth-healing ceremonies in parallel with the Habitat One and Rio Earth Summit conferences, each lasting several days. The Earth Charter Initiative was launched in 1994 by Maurice Strong as head of the Earth Council and Mikhail Gorbachev acting in his capacity as president of Green Cross International. An Earth Charter Commission was formed in 1997 with Stephen C. Rockefeller, Professor of Religion and Trustee of the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, as Vice Chairman. Both Strong and Gorbachev expressed the wish that the Charter be seen as a modern Ten Commandments. Further to this idea, an Ark of Hope was constructed to carry a copy of the Earth Charter, imitating the Ark of the Covenant, in which the Israelites carried the original stone tablets given to Moses. Now, on September 9, 2001, a celebration of the Earth Charter was held at Shelburne Farms, Vermont, for the unveiling of the Earth Charter's final resting place. The For Love of Earth day-long celebrations began with an early morning pilgrimage during which 2,000 or so participants led by Sadish Kumar walked to the great barn where they were greeted by the sounds of the sun song played by musician Paul Winter. The pagan festivities continued with the words of Dr. Jane Goodall, Sadish Kumar, and organizer Dr. Stephen C. Rockefeller. The earth worshippers were treated to dance, music, and paintings of several Vermont artists, after which they joined hands and offered an earth prayer of reverence and commitment to Mother Earth and the Ark of Hope. 9-11 occurred two days later, and the Ark was then carried to New York, where it lay at the Interfaith Center. The Ark of Hope is aptly named 
the believers in our earth-friendly propaganda of enviro-socialism can only hope that elitist central planners like Rockefeller, Strong, and Gorbachev actually have the interest of the peasants in mind. Anyone who studies history can be confident that they do not, and never did. This packaging of the Earth Charter clearly indicates that the promoters intend for it to be adopted as a matter of faith and hope rather than reason. And you can Google the Earth Charter and the Ark of Hope and double-check all of this. The corporate-funded Climate Action Group Extension Rebellion, founded in 2018, is continuing the theme of New Age spiritualism with a taste for mystical routines and weird costumes. However, whether the new spirituality is intended to be just a select club or whether it is supposed to be embraced by all of humanity, and if so, whether it is working, is open for debate. While climatism and compliance to the globalist narratives are often said to be cults, they reflect intellectual enslavement rather than anything spiritual. And if you're doubting that dramatically reducing the world's population is not in the agenda, Listen to this. By the Club of Rome, Goals for Mankind, written in 1976, it said, The resultant ideal sustainable population is hence more than 500 million, but less than 1 billion. And Henry Kissinger, also a member of the Club of Rome, said, World population needs to be decreased by 50%. And what did Mikhail Gorbachev, the former president of the Soviet Union and also a member of the Club of Rome, say? The ecological crisis, in short, is a population crisis. Cut the population by 90% and there aren't enough people left to do a great deal of ecological damage. And what would Ted Turner, the founder of CNN, major UN donor, also a member of Club of Rome, say, a total population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. And Jacques Cousteau, the French naval officer and explorer, also a member of the Club of Rome, well, he says, in order to stabilize the world population, we must eliminate 350,000 people per day. It is a horrible thing to say, but it is just as bad not to say it. And then you have Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, also a member of Club of Rome. He's all about the green agenda. He says, if I were reincarnated, I would wish to be returned to Earth as a killer virus to lower human population levels. Huh, does that sound like something we've heard of before? The Club of Rome has promoted depopulation on a basis of two conflicting reasons. The first was humanitarian, when the Club of Rome embraced the idea that humanity was threatened with mass starvation due to overpopulation. In 1968, 
Paul Ehrlich wrote The Population Bomb, which warned of mass starvation due to overpopulation. In the 1970s, the world will undergo famines. Hundreds of millions of people are going to starve to death. That's what Paul Ehrlich of The Population Bomb said, and he wrote that in 1968. The idea that the world's population must continue increasing at the same rate and that the planet will not be able to feed this population has been discredited. However, another justification for depopulation quickly emerged, environmentalism. We must depopulate to save the planet. So after debunking that the world was going to starve to death, then they had to go on to environmentalism at the expense of humanity. The Club of Rome, Mankind at the Turning Point, written in 1974, says, The earth has cancer, and the cancer is man. And I think we would all agree with that at this point, right? The emphasis on reducing population for the good of humanity is largely gone. And the focus is now on the greater claims of the environment. The two prongs of the environmentalist strategy are the concept of biodiversity, which has to take precedence over other rights, even especially of human life, and the Rockefeller catastrophic anthropogenic global warming narrative. Each of these facilitate the forced movement of people away from the countryside or the coast into high-density cities conducive to depopulation and to loss of private ownership. Maurice Strong and other Rockefeller assets were involved in numerous conferences and reports focusing on the impact of humanity on the environment. From the Stockholm Conference on the Human Environment in 1972, to Rio Earth Summit, the UNCED in 1992, the summit gave rise to numerous reports and agreements, including Agenda 21. Sound familiar? the Comprehensive Plan of Action to be taken globally, nationally, and locally by organizations of the United Nations system, governments, and major groups in every area in which human impacts on the environment. They all repeat the same themes of climate change, biodiversity, urbanization, government control of land and global governance, including more, say for UN-accredited NGOs, Rockefeller's Foundation, Gates Foundation, Open Society, and so on. The low value that is given to human welfare is no longer disguised. The aim is restoration with the implication that this is completely open-ended, for example, leading to the return of the country to pre-human occupation. While indigenous native flora and fauna, down to the most common weed, are expected to have unlimited room to roam, 
Humanity is to be squeezed into smaller and smaller spaces. And you can see that with the American Wildlands Project or New Zealand's Significant Natural Areas, which aims to prioritize biodiversity even in major cities in the form of rewilding at the expense of human living space and the biodiversity inherent in home gardens. And as we get to global governess, here's what Strobe Talbot, U.S. Deputy Secretary of State in the Clinton administration said, Nationhood as we know it will be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority. National sovereignty wasn't such a great idea after all. From 1990 to 2000, there was a concerted campaign to formally extend the powers of the United Nations and its constituent and associated organizations with a series of conferences and reports, all recommending more power to the United Nations bureaucracy and a review of the veto. Maurice Strong was heavily involved in all of them. I want you to see Appendix 2 because I'm going to put two appendixes in the show notes below. They culminated in the Charter for Global Democracy of 1999, and it's summarized like this. One, consolidation of all international agencies under the direct oversight of the United Nations. Number two. Regulation by the United Nations of all transnational organizations and financial institutions. Number three, independent source of revenue for the United Nations and taxes on aircraft and shipping fuels and licensing the use of the global commons. The global commons is defined to be outer space, the atmosphere, non-terrestrial seas, and the related environment that supports human life. Number four, eliminate the veto power and the permanent member status on the Security Council. Number five, a United Nations Ready Reaction Force. Number six, require United Nations registration of all arms and the reduction of national armies as a part of a multilateral global security system under the authority of the United Nations. Number seven, require individual and national compliance with all United Nations human rights treaties. Number eight, activate the International Criminal Court. Make the International Court of Justice compulsory for all nations and give individuals the right to petition the courts to remedy social injustice. Number nine, create a new institution to establish economic and environmental security by ensuring sustainable development. Number 10, create a new international environmental court. Number 11, adopt a declaration that climate change is an essential global security interest 
that requires the creation of a high-level action team to allocate carbon emission based on equal per capita rights. And then there's a number 12, cancellation of all debt owed by the poorest nations, global poverty reductions, and equitable sharing of global resources as allocated by the United Nations. Also concluded, the document is, in reality, a charter for the abolition of individual freedom. Like all UN documents, the charter stresses the role of civil society, open international institutions to increased participation by civil society, by which is meant the elite foundations who already control the United Nations through generous funding. It was intended that the charter be adopted at the Millennium Conference the next year, but instead a somewhat watered-down version, the United Nations Millennium Declaration, was unanimously adopted at the conference. Now, I'm showing you how the Georgia Guidestones link to the whole plan, how the whole plan links to the Georgia Guidestones. And now that brings us to the 2020 COVID pandemic and the Great Reset. According to Maurice Strong, this is what he said, isn't the only hope for the planet that the industrialized civilizations collapse? Isn't it our responsibility to bring that about? That's awful scary if you think about it. After years of warning humanity of a major pandemic, globalist forces, including Bill Gates, the World Economic Forum, corporate-owned institutions such as the World Health Organization and almost certainly China, contrived a global crisis on the back of the cold virus. I'm going to link a lot of stuff below so you can see where all of this information comes from. And one of them is going to be global COVID fraud. Evidence that all the data is 100% false. On the face of it, the COVID pandemic, you heard that right, pandemic has achieved unimaginable success for the globalist in terms of resetting the world's economy and establishing authoritarian regimes everywhere. Now think about that. Look at what this pandemic caused us to do. We gave away a lot of freedoms that cost us a lot of stress, whether it was financial, mental, physical. I mean, think about it. People were committing suicide. Children were committing suicide. Justinian II, it is said, on the completion of the great church of Hagia Sophia in Constantinople, looked up and said, O Solomon, I have outdone thee. Now listen to this. Bill Gates, as his pandemic unfurled throughout the world, looked down and said, O David, I have outdone thee. These globalists not only want to change how you look at God, they want to be your God. 
Look at how they're changing things. The original Ten Commandments in the Bible, the ones that God had Moses write, well, the globalists decided they'll make their own. And then they'll create all these groups over time. And we're talking decades to make this happen. However, the elites are not done with climate. At a World Economic Forum Zoom meeting in June, hosted by WEF, head Klaus Schwab and Prince Charles and attended by the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, the chief economist of IMF and heads of major corporations such as Microsoft and BP, a great reset was announced. The pandemic, plandemic, it seems, was not so much a disaster as an opportunity for the globalists to build back better. Where did we hear that from, guys? Whose slogan was build back better? So as to protect the planet from humanity, there is an underlying assumption that as humanity has accepted draconian measures to protect us from COVID, so humanity can without pause except similar measures in the name of climate. That dictatorial control by an elite of humanity and all resources is inevitable. Now, according to Klaus Schwab, every country from the United States to China must participate and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. All aspects of our societies and economies must be revamped from education to social contracts and working conditions. Or alternatively, the declaration by the World Economic Forum to make a great reset is to all indications a thinly veiled attempt to advance the Agenda 2030 sustainable dystopian model, a global Green New Deal in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic measures. Their close ties with Gates Foundation projects, with the World Health Organization, and with the UN suggest we may soon face a far more sinister world after the COVID-19 pandemic fades. So there it is, just like that. By hook or by crook, they're going to try and steamroll us into their idea of utopia. And it's not going to be pretty. Now here's something that a German whistleblower who exposed the Great Reset said. The Great Reset entails smashing everything to pieces using the cover of COVID-19 to radically change society and its structures benignly sloganized as build back better. Now, of course, this person is saying, look, be afraid, be very afraid. I can see that in a sense, we definitely need to be concerned. It's finally in our face. They've been doing this for decades, planning it and working on it for decades. But it's so much in our face now, how can we deny it? So my advice My personal advice is don't be afraid, but stand up and fight for your freedoms 
while you still can. Pray hard and God will protect his people like he always has. Remember, Israel, as small a country as it is, has been protected by God for centuries. For centuries. You think God can't protect us? You think he won't protect us? After linking all of this information together, what do you think about the Georgia Guidestones? Do you think this was a pandemic or a plandemic? Feel free to leave your thoughts on this topic below. Thank you for listening and God bless. Be sure to check out our show notes below where you can donate to support us, check our references, or see what else we offer. Thank you for listening and God bless. Thank you.